must have been colder in my shadow to never have sunlight on your face. You were content to let me shine that your way. You always walked a step behind. was the one with all the glory while you were the one with all the strength a beautiful face without a name for so long a beautiful smile to hide the pain did you
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to morning celebration of Mass here at St Bride's. This is the funeral Mass for the repose of the soul of John Hayes. Welcome to all who are here with us. Welcome to Mark and Laney, uh, John's son and daughter, to Val and Mark, to grandchildren uh, Lisa and Jennifer, uh, welcome also to Gemma and Adam. Um, welcome to Brian and Andy and Stephen. Uh, the great-grandchildren are not able to be here uh, today. Uh, Cameron and Alex and John and uh, Connell and Anthony and Stephen are not able to be here with us, but I want to give them special mention today because they had a great love for John. I wanted them to be specially remembered in the Mass today. Welcome to all family members who are here with us. Uh, welcome also uh, to all family friends who have joined us as well. On behalf of the family, I thank everyone who is here with us uh, today. It means a lot to see so many people here in the church. What can we say about uh, John Hayes? Uh, he was truly a good man, with great human qualities, kindness and gentleness and friendliness and openness and good humour. He's been a great blessing to all our lives uh, and that's me included as well. We take a great comfort uh, that both he and Marie are reunited again. Uh, he will be missed greatly over the years, uh, uh, but of course uh, we are consoled at the thought of himself and Marie reunited again in heaven. We thank God today for John's life, which has meant so much to all of us. We all miss him greatly and we look forward to the day when we will all be together again. To prepare ourselves to celebrate these sacred mysteries, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, in whose presence the dead are alive, and in whom the saints rejoice full of happiness, grant our supplication that your servant, John, for whom the fleeting light of this world shines no more, may enjoy comfort of your light for all eternity. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. The souls of the virtuous are in the hands of God. No torment shall ever touch them. In the eyes of the unwise, they did appear to die. Their going looked like a disaster. They're leaving us like an annihilation. But they are at peace. 
If they experience punishment as men see it, their hope is rich with immortality. Slight was their affliction, great will their blessings be. God has put them to the test and proved them worthy to be with him. He has tested them like gold in a furnace and accepted them as a holocaust. When the time comes for his visitation, they will shine out. As sparks run through the stubble, so will they. They shall judge nations, rule over peoples, and the Lord will be their king forever. They who trust in him will understand the truth. Those who are faithful will live with him in love. For grace and mercy await those he has chosen. The word of the Lord. from the second letter of St Paul to the Corinthians. We know that when the tent that we live in on earth is folded up, there is a house built by God for us, an everlasting home not made by human hands in the heavens. 
We are always full of confidence then when we remember that to live in the body means to be exiled from the Lord, going as we do by faith and not by sight. We are full of confidence, I say, and actually want to be exiled from the body and make our home with the Lord. Whether we are living in the body or exiled from it, we are intent on pleasing him, for all the truth about us will be brought out in the law court of Christ, and each of us will get what he deserves for the things he did in the body, good or bad. The word of the Lord. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After Jesus had been born at Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod, some wise men came to Jerusalem from the east. Where is the infant king of the Jews? they asked. We saw his star as it rose and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was perturbed. And so was the whole of Jerusalem. He called together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people and inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. At Bethlehem in Judea, they told him, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, you are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you will come a leader who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men to see him privately. He asked them the exact date on which the star had appeared and sent them on to Bethlehem. Go and find out all about the child, he said, and when you found him, let me know, so that I too may go and do him homage. Having listened to what the king had to say, they set out, and in front of them was the star they had seen rising. It went forward and halted over the place where the child was. The sight of the star filled them with delight. And going into the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and falling to their knees, they did him homage. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod and return to their own country by a different way. The Gospel of the Lord. I was looking over my notes for Marie's uh, funeral, uh, John's wife, which took place two and a half years ago. I recall mentioning at the beginning of the sermon on that day that her funeral was taking place on a Wednesday. And Wednesday, as you probably know, is usually the day in which she and others would clean the church. 
Instead, I pointed out that that Wednesday would be different. Instead of the normal things that she was doing on a Wednesday, we would be bringing her to church and would be offering her, offering the Mass for her on the day of her funeral. Today, we bring John to church on a Thursday, which of itself is not significant. But this Thursday is the day in which the church, by tradition, marks the solemnity of the Epiphany, the day in which the wise men came to see the child Jesus led by the light of a star. I can imagine that John will be mentioning this to Marie in heaven. That's one up for John. Her funeral might have taken place on a Wednesday, but his funeral takes place today in one of the most important feasts of the church's calendar, the feast of the wise men who brought kingly gifts to the child Jesus, one up for our John. In the feast of the Epiphany, we recall the long, arduous journey that the wise men take to see the newborn king. The journey of the wise men, of course, recalls something else that's true for all of us, that for all of us we make a journey through life. And for some of us it's a long journey of many years. For others it's a journey that is all too short. For many of us we believe, like the wise men, we are guided, led, directed by the light of the star. And we believe that our journey in life leads us to the place of wonder, where the child Jesus is laid in a manger. John himself walked all his life with that kind of quiet reassurance, if you like. The light of the star guided him. It lit up the way, the road ahead, and its warmth brought him consolation and peace. Over a whole lifetime, his faith was important to him as it was to Marie. I was very privileged uh, to be there in those last moments of his life, to say the prayers of the dying for him and to give him absolution. I was conscious that it was bringing to completion a life that was very well lived. St Paul himself in the reading of today's Mass has a thought for the moment. He explains death like a folding up of a tent, packing it away. We exchange this temporary home for a greater home in the heavens. So death itself for St Paul is like moving house from here to there, from something good to something even better. We move in, if you like, beside God. This expansive house, this home in which there is room for all, where all are welcome and none are excluded, for all the door is opened and our place is assured. Today our thoughts point towards that generosity of God. He even gives us a star to light up the way, to lead us to where he wants us to be, this house in which there are many rooms. I want just to say a few words about John's life uh, today for you by way of reflection. At the end of the Mass, Jen will say a few words of appreciation on behalf of the family. John was born in the Hillside Village on the 16th of December 1930. His parents, Daniel and Bridget Hayes, he had a younger brother, Jared, uh, Jerry, he went uh, to St. Charles' Primary School and to St. Bride's Secondary. The family moved uh, to Halfway. He attended uh, Coatbridge uh, Technical School, where he qualified as a bricklayer. 
He was of a generation of young men who did national service, unwillingly in his case. He served in the Royal Engineers in different places, most notably in Germany. He returned to civilian life and to his trade, and over a lifetime was a master bricklayer and was involved in building many key buildings in the city of Glasgow and beyond. He met Marie Hayes at badminton class in St. Charles's. It said that he impressed, her by, he impressed her by buying her bus ticket on the way home. She thought he was a man of substance and therefore should be given serious consideration. They married at St. Caddock's in Halfway in 1959, and as things were to turn out, uh, they were to be married just short of 60 years. Family were to fall, Mark and Laney and Evie, and both, uh, uh, both Laney, and, jo- uh, both, uh, Laney uh, and Mark say that they were wonderful parents. Um, they want me to say how much they loved their parents and the great appreciation that they had for them. Loving, caring, and very tender, their parents meant the world to them. Sadness uh, came uh, to John and Marie with the early death of Evie. Evie's death had a profound effect on both Marie and John. They never got over it and carried that sadness in the years that were to follow. A great blessing for John and Marie's life were in welcoming the grandchildren, who of course have meant the world to them, Jen and Lisa and Gemma and Adam. I don't think I can put into words for them today and on behalf of them how much their papa and their gran has meant to them. They were their strength, their consolation and their guiding star. Much more than anything, they gave them great love, great care, and gifts which were beyond price. They too would like me to say how much both John and Marie have meant to them. They will never forget them. They will never stop loving them, and they will never stop missing them. In the latter years of their lives, they were to have great grandchildren, and both uh, Marie and John loved the robustness that they brought to the house, although they did like the quietness once that they'd gone. They loved seeing them grow up. Family was everything to John and Marie. If we were ever looking for a good model of what parents should be, we need look no further than them. Both himself and Marie loved holidays to Dunbar in their younger days and when they were a bit older, holidays took them further afield to Spain and Greece and Turkey and Rome and other places besides. John, of course, had interests. He liked uh, following his team Celtic. You might know also that he liked the horses and despite a whole lifetime studying the form was absolutely no use at it at all. When the girls were younger, uh, he used to get them to give him numbers and based on that, he would use, choose the horses. So was his expectation of winning. He even in the latter years asked me to give him some advice, perhaps thinking I might have some divine inspiration. It was not to be. As you probably know, he also liked a refreshment at the local pub, Finley's, where he would meet up with friends 
and I suppose he would sort out all of the problems of the world with them. He was a very dedicated parishioner here at St Bride's, along with Marie, and as his parish priest, it was a privilege to be his priest, and much more than this, his friend too. I was very moved when coming to visit him in those last days that he opened his eyes and said, I love you, Father. I was very moved uh, beyond words with these words. I think I managed to get out that I felt the same uh, for him. It's a lesson well learned. We're nothing if we're not people who love. It would be impossible not to mention Marie today. She was an exceptional woman, a woman with a great heart, great tenderness, great love and great sense of humour. She was also a woman with great depths, and I know that John himself was grateful for the years that they had together and that they spent together and the years in which they were married. They had a wonderful marriage full of joy, full of love, full of great contentment and full of great humour. There is great consolation for us today in the thought that they are together. Not long before Marie's uh, death, they had a plaster cast made of their hands that were held together. That sculpture is still in the home, and in many ways it says everything about them. Those hands were held on the day of their marriage, and all through their married life, their lives were bound together. They were great examples of married life, of the joys and contentment and the fulfilment that comes in life to two people who commit themselves in love to each other. Family itself was really important to John as it was to Marie, and they've certainly handed that on to their family. He always wanted them to stay together, to be close, to love, and to support each other. Both himself and Marie, this was their gift to them. Today brings a new chapter in their family life, without both Marie and John, but the life of the family continues. In nature, John was a rather quiet man, you would say. He had a great sense of humour, small asides and observations that made you laugh heartily. He was great company and was very welcoming, made you feel very at ease in his home. He was also a simple man, not interested in material things, although he did like winning at the horses. We realise, don't we, in some moments of life, how fortunate we are and how blessed we are. We realise that there are those who are part of our journey through life that are put there for a special reason. They will be our consolation. They will be our strength. And very often they will be the guiding force of our life. So it's been with John in this quiet way. He's been a great strength to so many. Today, on the day in which we mark the journey of the wise men to see the child Jesus, their journey ends at Bethlehem, where they gazed in the face of the child in the manger. John's journey has also come to an end, and he also will be given that great consolation to see the very face of God. May God grant him peace. May God bless and reward him for many kindnesses. 
may he be reunited with Marie and Evie and all those that he has loved. May God grant him peace and may God give him eternal rest. across the barren desert but you shall not die of thirst you shall wander far in safety though you do not know the way you shall speak your words in foreign lands and Pray, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the offerings of this sacrifice be pleasing to you, Lord, so that the soul of your servant, John, finding through your mercy the pardon he sought for all his sins, may exult forever with all your saints and praise your glory for all eternity. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For through him the holy exchange that restores our life has shone forth today in splendour. 
When our frailty is assumed by your word, not only does human mortality receive unending honour, but by this wondrous union we too are made eternal. And so in company with the choirs of angels, we praise you as with joy we proclaim. Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them with the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be shed for you and for all, so that sins may be forgiven. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember John, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that he who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. And remember also all our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, our spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages. May we merit to be coerced to eternal life, and we praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen. May you please to stand. We pray together in the words that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who will live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Lamb of God.
Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world, blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, my soul shall be. that are coming forward to receive Holy Communion on their hand. Uh, the restrictions do not allow you to receive it on your tongue, uh, but if you're going to receive Holy Communion, you've got to receive it in the palm of your hand. Uh, can I just ask you, if you do that, just to step to the, the side once you've received Communion, gives you time to remove your mask and, and, and put uh, Communion on your, on your tongue. And then, of course, you replace your mask. Uh, it stops you from maybe dropping the, the host in, the, in that kind of process. If you don't want to receive communion, but maybe you'd like to receive a blessing today, feel free to come forward too, just to place your hand on your breast so that I can know that you're going to receive a blessing. Uh, and uh, again, just to return to your seats after that. Shadows near. 
Pakistan. As we receive these heavenly gifts, we give you thanks, O Lord, and humbly pray that the soul of your servant John, free through your son's passion from the bonds of sin, may come happily into your presence, through Christ our Lord. A measure of a man. The measure of a man is not determined by his show of outward strength or the volume of his voice or the thunder of his actions or his intellect or academic abilities. It is seen rather in terms of the love that he has for his family and for everyone the strength of his commitments, the genuineness of his friendships, the sincerity of his purpose, the quiet courage of his convictions, the fun, laughter, joy and happiness he gives to his family and to others, his love of life, his patience and his honesty and his contentment with what he has. Papa was a very content man. He never cared for material things, extravagant holidays, fancy clothes. Not that he would get the chance, because Gran always sorted his clothes for him. He wanted nothing more from life than to have his family around him, and most importantly, for all of us to be happy. Lainey said that he was the best dad ever, always full of love and fun and encouragement. He wasn't a strict man, <clears throat> and he hardly had to raise his voice although I'm sure my dad and wee cheeky Evie probably tested him at times. Lainey still maintains that my dad is his golden boy. Papa was a true gentleman. He was kind and considerate. He had strong morals and beliefs, and those shone through in absolutely everything that he did. He wasn't a rich man. As Father Morton had said, my poor grand thought differently way back in the beginning. We'd secretly paid for her bus fare those weeks after admiring her from afar, and she thought she was under luck because he must have money. But little did my gran know then that his true wealth was the love and the commitment that he had for her and his family. Papa was a quiet man. He never said much, because gran always got in there first. Instead, he opted to sit back and listen and watch as his family grew, how he laughed and created memories right before him. Although he did have a great sense of humour and wit, and his one-liners were classic. I remember one of the last things Papa said to me as I entered his bedroom was, I thought I could smell something. <laughs> he did also enjoy a wee dance and a sing-song. And for those, of, for, so, sorry, for those of you that knows us, he's as well, we do like to sing. And let's not forget his favourite tipple, a wee body in water. Nothing was more breathtaking than watching Gran and Papa dance together. They celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary with family and friends round about them, and we watched them as they gracefully glided across the floor, tenderly embracing each other as they danced their special song after all these years, 
by foster Allen. Their 59 years together was an absolute testament of their love and commitment. Sadly, Gran passed just two months before they could celebrate 60 years of marriage. The last three years without Gran were hard for Papa. Despite having his family around him, he must have dearly. His days just weren't the same without her, but he kept on going. And even on his worst days, he still managed to crack a joke. Papa died peacefully at home, surrounded by his family, just the way they liked. Papa was a content man. He was loved, adored, and he'll be sorely missed. Goodbyes are not forever. Goodbyes are not the end. They simply mean I'll miss you until we meet again. We all love you, John Boy. Those were lovely words, weren't they? Thanks very much for doing that. I know it was very hard indeed, but what a great testimony to your own love for him and on behalf of the family too. Please stand. Thank you. 